Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. I have great news. I want to let you know the ESL program is open for application. I have helped hundreds of women inside of this program move towards secure attachment and learn how to attract their soulmate partnership. I'm not telling you this to brag. I really want you to know that I know exactly where you are at right now, and I know how to get you to where you want to go. Right now, you might be investing in relationships that seem like they go nowhere, might be completely frustrated with the dating scene. You may be experiencing low self-worth, anxious attachment, or avoidant attachment, and you may just want to give up altogether on ever attracting that healthy relationship that you know deep down you do deserve. And if where you want to go is, hey, you want to be able to date confidently You want to show up as that securely attached version of you with high self-worth who takes care of herself and the person who can also attract and maintain that healthy, great relationship. If that's where you want to be and you're not sure how to get there, I want you to know I can help you. The ESL program is a proven framework. We've helped hundreds of women And right now, when you join, you get access to a very special offer that I'm not sure we'll ever do again. You will get a bonus month in the program. So that's extra time to ensure that you get to exactly where you want to be. So if you're ready to get off the dating roller coaster for good and move to that securely attached woman I want to personally invite you to apply now to the ESL program. The link to apply is in my Instagram bio, and it's also in the show notes. I can't wait to see you inside of the program. Welcome to a special episode of the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. It's your host, Dr. Morgan. Exciting things going on right now. I am on the final chapter of the book that I'm writing, and This book is designed to help anyone in their dating lives. I I wrote it specifically speaking to women. However, I know it also will speak to men. And what I love about this book is I'm taking clinical concepts, I'm taking attachment theory and neuroscience, and I'm presenting it in a way that is fun, that is relatable, and that applies to your everyday life. So I wanted to be able to write something that would speak to anybody, 
even people who don't like reading research articles, people who maybe don't want to know all of the science behind things, and, and people who really need to break their current dating patterns. So anyways, you're probably going to hear so much about this book. And I can honestly say that it's been the most challenging thing to write it. However, it is also incredibly rewarding to be on that final chapter and say, okay, it's actually going to happen. This book is going to come out. So I'm so excited to share that with you all. And I know that you will benefit from it. So I wish I could give you a release date. I don't have one yet, but stay tuned. And I don't know if any of you have ever tried to write a book. Kudos to you if you've even attempted. It is, as I said, the hardest thing I've ever done. So kudos to you if you've attempted it. It is it is a not an easy undertaking, but well worth it. And it will be even more worth it when I see it in your hands and I know that it's out there helping people. So stay tuned. It's coming. Today's episode is a really special episode. I have decided to incorporate more research into the episodes. Typically, I do my research on my own and I don't really talk about it as I'm recording. However, I think it's a great teaching tool and learning opportunity for you, the audience, if I'm bringing the research into the episode. So I will be doing more and more of that. Today, we're going to talk about this really powerful concept called attunement. Do any of you know what that means? I want to talk about it. I'm going to look at some different definitions. We're going to explore it together. And we're going to talk about how to apply this concept to your dating life so that you can have great relationships. And hopefully I can talk about how attunement also matches up with attachment theory and why it's important to understand attachment styles and the concept of attunement. So let's look at a definition. Here's one definition, a kinesthetic and emotional sensing of others, knowing their rhythm, affect, and experience by metaphorically being in their skin and going beyond empathy to create a two-person experience of unbroken feeling connectedness by providing a reciprocal affect and or resonating response. Whoo. What a definition. Oh my goodness. Definitely a therapist wrote that. So let's look at another definition. My goal is that you'll kind of get an understanding. Attunement describes how reactive a person is to another's emotional needs and moods. A person who is well attuned will respond with appropriate language and behaviors based on another person's emotional state. They are good at recognizing moods and emotions in another person and adapting their own response in accordance. Well-attuned parents are important in that they are able to detect what their babies are feeling or thinking and respond appropriately. Ooh, 
love these definitions. Here's another one. Are you ready? When we empathically attune to another, we gently tune into, sense, and resonate with their experience. Think of two violins in a room. It can be amazing to see how when the strings of one are plucked, the other vibrates too when it's tuned to the same frequency. Interesting. Empathy and attunement can be contrasted, but they also overlap. The concept of empathic attunement holds both concepts together. Empathic attunement, one tries to respond to the perception of reality at that moment, as opposed to one's own or some objective or external view of what is real. Okay, now we've gone down the rabbit hole. That is too much. So we don't want to go that deep. I want to just give you one more definition and then we're going to talk about it. I think this definition looks pretty good. What is attunement? Attunement is the reactiveness we have to another person. It is the process by which we form relationships. Dr. Dan Siegel, who is prominent in the attachment theory world, Dr. Dan Siegel says, when we attune with others, we allow our own internal state to shift, to come to resonate with the inner world of another. This resonance is at the heart of the important sense of feeling felt that emerges in close relationships. Children need attunement to feel secure and to develop well And throughout our lives, we need attunement to feel close and connected. All right. So hopefully that gives you an idea of what attunement is. We've looked at those different definitions. And here's what I want you to know that this is not saying to take on other people's emotions because we obviously we need to have boundaries in our healthy relationships and and we don't necessarily want to take on other people's problems or what they're going through. However, the power of attunement is being very intentionally present with someone and being able to tune in to what they're experience is. People who are HSPs, highly sensitive people, they're probably listening to this and like, well, isn't that what everybody does? Like, that's how I am all the time. So many of you already have this skill of attunement, and you may have let it go overboard in your life. You may be attuning to every dang person in your life like your coworkers and your boss and all of your family members and all of your friends and anybody you've ever dated, you may be just spreading that attunement around everywhere. And that is why highly sensitive people are very susceptible to burnout. And you need to be very aware of, hey, my emotional attunement is incredibly valuable. I do need to be able to turn the volume down 
on my environment at times so that I can intentionally attune in my close relationships and the relationships that I'm investing into. And so that I can be aware of, hey, maybe I don't have capacity right now to tune into other people. There's going to be moments where attunement is not accessible to you because you don't have the emotional capacity for it. And my highly sensitive people, my HSPs, need to be able to learn how to turn off attunement and learn to give to yourself and fill up your own cup. All right. So a little bit about attunement here. And one of the things I want you to understand is if you have never had attunement in your life in terms of it hasn't been given to you, uh, maybe in childhood you didn't experience it, it's really important to learn how to receive it. And this isn't just about your physical needs. Maybe your parents made sure you were fed, made sure you got to school. You know, you had you had all the clothes. Maybe they bought you really nice things and they were tuned in in that way. We're talking about emotions, y'all. This is not the material, what, whatever. We're talking about emotions, okay? And I, I, I took this from an article. Uh, I'm going to read this to you. This is a definition of, uh, sorry, it's some examples of what emotion dismissing parents could be like. This article was from John Gottman. The Gottmans are well known in couples therapy. Um, and, and he's talking about some examples of what emotion dismissing parents, aka the opposite of being attuned, right? So, all right. So these parents likely didn't notice lower intensity emotions in themselves or in their children or in others. In an interview Gottman conducted, they asked two parents about how they reacted to their daughter's sadness. The mom asked the dad, has our child ever been sad? He said he didn't think so, except maybe one time. So there's an example of parents who simply aren't tuned into their own emotions. They're not tuned into their child's, right? Other examples, they view negative affects, aka negative emotions, as if they were toxins. They wanted to protect their child from ever having negative emotions. They preferred a cheerful child. Woo! Let's just take a moment and just do a deep breath because that was so many of our parents because they're, oh man. <laughs> There's just not enough education. Thanks, dogs. Right right in my powerful point here. There's just not enough emotional intelligence, emotional education that so many parents do not have capacity for negative emotions in their children, and they prefer a quote-unquote cheerful child. All right, let's keep going. 
The parents thought that the longer their child stayed in a negative emotional state, the more toxic its effect was. So that's saying that the longer their child is, quote unquote, in a bad mood, the more toxic that mood is. These parents were impatient with their children's negativity. They might even punish a child just for being angry, even if there was no misbehavior. Think about that, y'all. Have you ever, do you remember? And, and some of this is unconscious, right? Our brains try to protect us. They like to forget things that are painful for us. But ask yourself this. Were you ever punished just because you were sad or because you were angry? I know I actually was. I can think of times where I was really, really sad and I was punished for being sad as a child. And hey, this is not to put our parents down. I always tell my clients, our parents were doing the best that they could at the time with what they had. And, and this is a really important and, and there are ways that they failed us. Okay. Here's another example of these emotionally dismissive parents. They believe in accentuating a positive life. This is a very American view. The idea is you can have any emotion you want, and if you choose to have a negative one, it's your own fault. So they think the child should pick a positive emotion. And they will do things like distract, tickle, or cheer up their child to create a positive emotion. Wow. This is a huge commentary, not just on parent-child relationships, but on society in general. There is often this discomfort from uh, emotional experiences that are labeled as negative I could go on a whole episode on this, but obviously if we cut ourselves off from negative emotions, we simultaneously cut ourselves off from positive emotions, right? Because in order to disconnect from negative, we have to disconnect from our emotional selves. So this is where you get a lot of people feeling numb where they can't feel anything. It's because they've tried to not feel negative emotions. And then while doing that, they're also not going to feel positive ones. All right, continue with the list here. Parents see these children, uh, they, they see introspection or looking inside oneself to examine what one feels as a waste of time or even dangerous. Oh my goodness. Wow. Can, did any of you have that experience where you were not given space and you were not encouraged and you were not even asked about what you were feeling. And were do any of you remember your parents labeling it as dangerous or as you telling you it's a waste of time or you just shouldn't do it at all? I would be really curious to hear. If you go, if you want to tell me about this, you know what I would love? Join the Successful Women Great Relationships Facebook group. There's a lot of great content in there. It's an amazing community of women only. And we discuss these kinds of things. So go in there. You can request to join. You'll be approved. And then comment and and let me know inside of that group. Comment. 
What is resonating for you out of this list that I'm sharing? Can you relate to the emotionally dismissive parent? If so, what was your experience? Let's just start this conversation. This is a really, really important conversation. The final point here for emotionally dismissive parents, they usually have no vocabulary for emotions. Ooh, so huge. This is why in a lot of therapy, we are providing people with vocabulary for emotions. And it's not just the vocabulary that's important. What's important is the permission to start connecting to your emotional self, to go internal and to identify what's really going on inside. And then there's so many traits of the attuned parent, the emotionally present parent. Um, I'll just read a few of them. They have their own emotional awareness, and they also are aware of their children's emotions. These children do not have to escalate in order to be heard. Attuned parents saw emotional moments as an opportunity for intimacy and or teaching. Ooh, I love that so much because that's how I want you to see it in romantic relationships. They see these quote unquote negative emotions, sadness, anger, fear as a healthy part of normal development. Oh my gosh, I would be just like clapping and cheering if I was seeing this presented live. Like, absolutely. These are such important points. These parents were not impatient with their child's negative affect meaning they let their kids feel what they needed to feel however long it took. These parents communicate the understanding of emotions and don't get defensive. They help children verbally label their emotions to identify what he or she is feeling. They emphasize with negative emotions, even with negative emotions behind misbehavior. They also communicated family values. They set limits if there was misbehavior in a way that communicated the value. It's really important. These parents problem solved when there was negative affect without misbehavior. They believed that emotional communication was a two-way street. So that means when they were emotional about a child's misbehavior, They let the child know what they were feeling, but not in an insulting manner. And they said that that, oh my gosh, this, this is so huge because this applies to couples. They said that that communication was the strongest form of discipline because the child felt because the child could feel somewhat disconnected from the parent, less close. So this last line here, I got to talk about this. So in couples communication, what do I teach everybody to do? What do I teach everybody to do? In your dialogue, in your navigating conflict, I teach you to use I statements because it's incredibly important to communicate how someone's behaviors impacted your emotional experience. 
And why is this effective? Because partners who are tuned into us, who want to be close to us, who value us feeling connected and safe and secure and happy, those partners will really understand and hear you best when you communicate how what they did impacted you emotionally. So being able to say, I felt very disconnected from you when you didn't respond for four days, right? Like I'm just giving an example, but notice how when I'm communicating, I felt disconnected from you. That is the powerful piece in that communication. So it's the same from children, right? All right. This is so good. You know, what I want to acknowledge is that even if you are a parent or obviously, you know, we all have had parents, parenting's hard. Parents make mistakes. There's no way that all those things I just listed, even the securely attached, the quote unquote, good enough parent described by Winnicott, even that parent is going to have moments where what I just described does not happen, right? So really thinking about this as a guiding principle, as a North Star, as that ideal way to show up, and then being so self-compassionate when it doesn't happen. All right, well, back to attunement. We've talked about it in childhood, what it looked like if you had emotionally dismissive parents, and then what it looked like if you had emotionally attuned parents. And now I want to apply this to your current romantic relationships as an adult. Okay, let's do it. So as we discussed this concept of attunement is incredibly important. And when we connect it to attachment theory, I want you to understand that attunement is a tool that you can use to build secure attachment. Does that resonate for you? Attunement is a tool that you can use to build secure attachment. And One of the really important pieces of attunement that I would add is being attuned to yourself while simultaneously being attuned to another. You have to have both. You can't have an overemphasis on yourself and then not be tuned into your partner. You can't only be tuned into your partner and not tuned into yourself You absolutely need both. So let's talk about attunement in a romantic relationship according to Gottman. He talks about the opportunity for attunement to show up as a trust-building part of a relationship. So essentially what I'm saying there is that attunement being used to create secure attachment. So within Within the context of trust building, he describes three different types of interactions where attunement is valuable for creating trust. 
So here's the three different types, and then we'll talk about it. He talks about everyday interactions, which he labels as sliding door moments. Then he talks about number two is regrettable incidents or past emotional injuries. And then number three is conflict interactions. So let's just see how we can apply this. So number one, those sliding door moments. These are those small moments in which a need is expressed and the responsiveness of one's partner is a test of trust. In these moments, we test whether we can trust that our partner will turn toward our express need or turn away. So think about this. These are these little moments where you say, hey, babe, I am so exhausted and I'm so hungry. Oh my gosh, I don't even know how I'm going to get home from work. That is an opportunity. That is an everyday moment. That is your partner's opportunity to be attuned to you, to tune into what you're feeling and support you. To say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that you feel that way. You sound exhausted. What can I do to support you? Right? There's an example of being attuned. Those everyday moments are huge. A lot of us think that trust is broken in big things or created in the big things. Let me tell you, it's the everyday little things that add up. And when those tiny things where your partner decides not to be attuned or they don't have capacity or they have attachment wounds that prevent them and over years they're not tuning into you, it destroys relationships. Maybe there's no infidelity. Maybe nothing big happened, but they were never emotionally attuned to you and you absolutely feel that over time. Okay. The next way this shows up, he uh, Gottman described as those regrettable incidents, past emotional injuries. So he says that these involve a moment in which at least one person experiences negative affect and longs for a voice and connection with the partner. It can be a negative emotion that is about the partner or a personal negative emotion that is not about the relationship at all. This includes regrettable incidents that are about the relationship in which we hurt our partner's feelings or have had an unfortunate argument. So I would expand on this a bit, right? Like, let's say there was infidelity. And and that makes it sound, I, I, I guess I'm not referring to within a marriage, this could even be within dating. So let's say that there was cheating, unfaithfulness, uh, someone stepped out of what you had agreed upon in your relationship. That is an example of a past emotional injury. And when something like that occurs, there's going to be times where it comes up again and we have to be able to express how we feel if it's coming up for us again. And in order to build trust back and to heal from something, we need to know that our partner is attuned to it, that they understand how we feel. 
So like, let's say your partner's texting and it's 1130 at night and you're healing from a time that there was cheating and you notice a pit in your stomach and all of a sudden you feel anxious that he's once again being unfaithful. Your ability to communicate, oh my gosh, I, this, you know, I am feeling sick to my stomach. The story I'm telling myself as I'm sitting here and you're texting is that you're, you're being unfaithful. And that brings up for me feelings of inadequacy and fear that I'm doing something wrong. Can we talk about this, right? The willingness to do that is the willingness to invite your partner to be attuned to you. All right. And then the third, the third area Gottman talks about is during conflict. This is so important. So if the couple's deciding to discuss a difficult area, or maybe it's an impending decision, or there's a disagreement that's been ongoing, it's very important to be able to show up in those discussions with attunement. And this is something that I teach in the ESL program. I teach it at the very end because it is a challenging concept. And I believe in supporting people to have all of the tools needed um, before learning it. But essentially, the type of communication structure I teach is called dialogue, which I've talked about a little bit here in the podcast. But dialogue essentially creates a framework so that you absolutely have to be attuned. It requires attunement. It requires that active listening is happening, that both people are present, and that there is empathic interaction. So as you can see, these different areas here, these everyday moments, the times when there's a past wound that's coming up, and then of course, as you're navigating conflict, this concept of attunement is incredibly important. And I want you, as we're wrapping this up, I want you to ask yourself, what are the ways that I am attuned to myself? I want you to start there, honestly, because if we cannot practice this attunement with ourselves, we cannot practice it in our relationships. Additionally, if we are not good at receiving it from ourselves and being tuned in, If somebody tries to attune to us or provide secure attachment, we will think that something is wrong. We will get uncomfortable. We will self-sabotage. So the first place to start is to say, hey, am I attuned to myself? And if not, can I examine where it came from. Maybe I can go back, listen to this episode and listen to the qualities of the emotionally dismissive parent and be honest, was that part of my childhood? Okay. You deserve to feel the positive emotions. Absolutely. You also deserve to to feel the negative emotions. Do not cut yourself off from your emotional life. To reconnect to your emotional life is the only way to provide space 
for close, healthy, intimate relationships. All right, y'all, if you liked this episode, this is another example of the kind of learning and depth that I go into inside of the ESL program. This is is similar to the kinds of discussions we have weekly on my group coaching calls with the women inside of the program. I absolutely love these calls. I get to hop on, be fully present, be completely attuned to the women inside of the program, answer their questions, teach on very important topics such as attunement, and we get to all just grow together. It's it's an amazing weekly experience, and I always look forward to it. it happens every Wednesday night. So to so all the ladies in the ESL program listening to this, shout out to you. I appreciate each and every one of you. I see you. I see the work you're doing. You inspire me daily. Keep showing up for yourself. And to everybody listening, I also appreciate you. Thanks for being a loyal, let's get vulnerable listener. You're incredible. I appreciate you. And of course, to you all, you know, I am wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk to you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.